opportunity to preach today. Um, uh, some of you may know the Rices are out of town tonight, and so uh, Pastor has asked me to fill in. And, uh, but I'm very, very thankful and uh, humbled by the uh, opportunity tonight. So I want, to, uh, I want to preach on some humbling thoughts, some humbling thoughts. And if you would, please turn to Philippians chapter 2 in your Bibles, Philippians chapter 2. As I read Philippians chapter 2, some humbling thoughts came to my mind, and um, I don't know if you've ever had some humbling things happen in your life, and what I mean by that is some embarrassing things. I know I have a lot of embarrassing things happen to me. Basically, my whole life is made up of embarrassing things, Um, and that's not even just within my lifetime, but within the few weeks I've been here, a lot of embarrassing things have happened to me Um, the other day. The other week I was meeting a preacher for the first time and I was having Mexican food. And you can already see that this story is not going too well. But I, it was the first time I had met this preacher and I was uh, talking to him and, and I'm from the Northeast and so I talk with my hands. And, and so I was talking to this preacher and I was like, oh yeah, I'm from New York. And, and I was, you know, just talking with my hands. And I, for some reason I just decided to slam my hands down on the table. When I did that, I slammed my right hand and my left hand on my fork and knife and got, got Mexican food all over me at first time, first impression uh, of meeting this preacher. That's what he sees of me. So um, lots of embarrassing things have happened to me. They keep me humble. They keep me humble. And, uh, but you know what? It's stories like that, uh, circumstances like that, humiliating things are chances and opportunities for us to either grow in humility or grow better. And so embarrassing things can happen to us in life, and sometimes you just got to laugh about it. You know, sometimes you just got to move on and, and, and grow in your humility, and I know that God has given me much opportunity to do so. Um, but anyway, I, these aren't embarrassing uh, thoughts in here in Philippians chapter 2. No, they're very humbling thoughts. And I want to just take a moment tonight and focus in on the character of Jesus and Jesus' humbleness. And I want you to notice in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1, and this is where it says, and we'll read 1 through 16 tonight is where I'll be focusing, verses 1 through 16. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, this is what it says. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem each other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things of heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And aren't those some amazing verses right there? Verse 12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to, to will and to do of his good pleasure. 
do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Sounds like our nation right now. Among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, this book that we read tonight. I may rejoice in the day of Christ. I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. The first thing I want to notice tonight, and it's a humbling thought to me, and, and as I read this, I notice a humbling thought, and it says that Jesus was humble, that he humbled himself and became obedient, and obedient unto death. And, and that says in verse uh, Verse 7, sorry, verse 8, it says, In being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And Jesus was the most humble man to ever exist, to ever live. Jesus always put others' needs first. And let me be very clear of what humbleness is tonight. Humbleness is not talking less about yourself. It's talking about yourself less. You have to understand that humbleness is not is not um, calling yourself an idiot or, or downgrading yourself, selling, saying that you are worthless because you're not, God tells you differently. You gotta understand that humbleness, that's actually a form of pride when you start to do that and you start to damage yourself. You think you uh, are helping yourself by damaging yourself, but that's not true, that's not being humble. Humbleness is talking about yourself less. It's putting others first, others' needs first. And when I look at this passage of scripture and I think about Jesus and how he humbled himself and he put the entire world's needs in front of his own. And when Jesus was dying on a cross, you see, he wasn't thinking about himself. Jesus came down to this earth and he saw my need and he saw your need and he saw the need of the people. And, and while he was dying on that cross, Jesus hung there and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The humbleness of Jesus Christ, I'm humbled tonight by how humble Jesus was, that even in death, and, and you know what, we go through trials and we go through hardships and we have tough times and, and life is tough. And going through college, I've learned very quickly that life is tough. But you know what, Jesus... I'm humbled that the fact that Jesus went through the greatest trial that anyone could ever go through was death. Jesus tasted death, and while he was doing it, he thought of others' needs. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Can you imagine having that sort of humbleness in your life? That, you know, I'm, I'm not suggesting tonight that if your leg falls off, you should still be concerned about someone else's uh, minor problem. No, put on your leg and, 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 and fix yourself up. But I'm, what I'm saying tonight is how often do we let minor inconveniences distract us and take our eyes off Christ, take our eyes off other people's needs? What I'm saying tonight is what if we just stop for a moment and, and instead of looking at ourselves and, and our own needs, and we, for just a minute, for just a minute, we could look at what Jesus did, how he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. He was humble unto death. What if we just took a minute and said, you know what? I'm going to lay my circumstances down. I'm going to put my needs aside and, and focus on someone else's right now. Putting someone else's needs in front of yours. And, and I am not the example. Jesus Christ is the example of this. 
Because as he is dying on the cross, as he's getting whipped with a cat of nine tails, he's going through the hardest trial of anybody's life. And I, I don't know about you tonight, but I'm not dead, and I don't think you are dead. I hope not. Yeah, I'm alive. But Jesus was dying and still put someone else's need in front of his. And I'm humbled that Jesus would put my need in front of his. Jesus could have, with all of his power and with all of his might, very easily skipped dying for me. But he saw my need and he was humble. He humbled himself and took a form of a servant to die for me to see my need. So what if tonight we just get our eyes off ourselves for just a little bit and focus on the needs of others? Maybe we, maybe we don't even know about the needs of others or the needs of, of anybody in this world because we can't see them because we're not looking for them. The world is lost and dying and has needs and, and needs help, and we have it, yet we're so focused on some minor inconvenience. You go through Wendy's and you ask for a double patty, and they give you a single, and, and your life is over, right? <laughs> but I'm saying, what does it take? What does it take for you to take your eyes off Christ? What does it take for you to get your eyes off the needs of other people around you? Do you see them? Are you looking for them? I'm humbled that Jesus, while dying, saw my need and took care of it. It's a humbling thought that Jesus did that for me. And it's almost like he's showing us, and and I want to show you that maybe the secret to having a great life is dying. Maybe the secret to, to living a great life is actually dying. And this is what I mean by it, dying to self. Dying to your own needs. And if you would turn to Mark chapter, uh, Mark chapter 8 real quick. And Mark chapter 8. And this idea, Paul, Paul even said, I die daily. And while he wasn't talking about a physical death, he was saying, I put my own needs aside. I, I put my own wants aside so other people other people's needs can be met. Paul was a humble man, but Jesus was a humble man. And Mark chapter 8, I feel like this is like the secret to living, the secret to living a great life. And he says this in Mark chapter 8 and verse 34. This is after he has fed the 5,000. He has healed uh, a blind man. He has, um, he's talking to his disciples, teaching them about giving. And And this is what he says in verse 34. And when he called unto the people, and when he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall profit a man, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man gave in exchange for his soul. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, that sounds like our generation right now, of him shall also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when it comes to the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Tonight I am humbled that Jesus humbled himself and became obedient unto death and saw my need. I'm humbled tonight also by the fact that Jesus was a king. Jesus was a king, but he acted as a servant. Look at uh, back in uh, Philippians chapter 2, Philippians. 
book of Philippians in chapter 2 and verse 9 through 11, it says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things of heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You can see the Lordship in Jesus' name. There's power in just his name. Jesus has a title. Jesus has uh, the ultimate title. He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Yet you go back a couple verses earlier, and it says, he humbled himself. And let's look at it, and it says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, verse 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Though Jesus had the title, had the power, had the ability to come to this earth and make everybody his slave, make everybody worship him and make, make everybody do exactly what he wanted. No, he came and he served his own creation. I'm humbled by the fact that though Jesus had this ability, had this power, had unstoppable power, um, you cannot match this power. Jesus is the most powerful being. Yet he came to this earth and washes people's feet. Jesus was defined by his actions. Not, and he didn't act upon his title. Jesus, and, and you think, I think about my life and... Um, Something that I really, uh, I don't want to say hate, but something that bothers me about Bible college sometimes is sometimes when you go to Bible college, you come back and people think, because you have the title Bible college student, it makes you holy. But this is not true. Just because you have a title, just because someone calls you something, you are named something, it's your actions that define you. It's your actions, it's who you really are. And, and so often I, I, I go to, I go to uh, a Bible college and, and sometimes I just feel like maybe, maybe they aren't here for um, improving their actions but just, just getting a title. And, and that scares me because as a Christian, are we depending on our title to, to define us? Are we, do we say we're Christian but don't act like it? You know, a Christian, you should show, someone should know you're a Christian just by your actions rather than just telling them. Do people know that you're a Christian by your actions? Or do they just assume because you say so? And, and what I'm saying tonight is, and let's bring it here right now, just because I'm a church intern, it doesn't make me any better or worse or or up and down, and it doesn't make me something different. My, my actions define me. My actions define me. And, and you look at Jesus. Jesus had the power and the title, and he could have and, 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 very, well, and very easily uh, acted upon his power, but he said it, he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Let me tell you that this mind, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who made himself of no reputation. Christians are servants. Christians should be servants. How is our service? And I'm humbled by the fact that 
that Jesus, though with great power, had meekness. And, and he was a meek man. And, and it was like, imagine, imagine creating a little robot that, um, that has emotions and, well, it takes over the world or something. But no, not like that. But if you create a, if you create a robot and, and you, that was your creation, and then you said to yourself, I'm going to become like that robot and serve him. That's what Jesus did for us. Jesus, we are his creation. We are his creation, yet he came down and washed the feet that he created. He was a servant and didn't allow, didn't um, act upon the power that he could have. I'm humbled that Jesus made himself of no reputation and became a servant. And finally tonight, I'm also humbled about the fact that Jesus would use us for his work. Jesus, God, would use us for his work. In Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 12, this is Paul talking to the Philippians, and he says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. And you see how you see um, his, his urge to, to, to do God's work here. And he says how to do it. And it says to do it without murmuring and disputings. And that they may be blameless. Why? So they may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among you, whom you shine as lights in the world. I'm humbled tonight that God would call us the light of the world. That in this crooked and perverse nation that we are in currently, that we are, we are losing America, and, and that God would send us on this mission to reach the lost, to, to reach people. I'm humbled tonight that Jesus doesn't use perfect people. He just uses people who are willing to obey. Paul is saying here tonight, he's saying, He's saying to the Philippians, he says, obey not only in my presence, but also my absence. Keep going. Keep obeying. Keep obeying the Lord. And you see the perfect example of obedience was Jesus. And you can recognize a theme here tonight. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is a humbling thought. And I'm so humbled that God, in verse 13, for it is God which worketh in you, both to do and to do of his, to will and to good, I'm sorry, let me read that again. Verse 13, for it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I'm humbled tonight that God would ever want to use somebody like me. I'm humbled tonight that God would, any, would want to use any of us. As Christians, as people, he doesn't use perfect people, no, he uses obedient people. Moses was a man. He wasn't good with his speech. Was he perfect? No, but he was obedient. You think about Matthew, a tax collector. Was he a perfect man? No, but he was obedient. You think about Peter. He denied him three times. God still used him. Why? Because he he chose obedience and he forgave him. and, And was he a perfect man? No, but he was obedient. You think about the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Were they perfect men? No. No, but they, they decided in their heart that they were not going to bow to that idol. And they were obedient. The boy named David, 
to kill the Goliath? Was, was David perfect? No. He sinned and messed up, and he, he messed up many times. Was he a perfect man? No, but he was obedient. Jesus was obedient. Jesus was a perfect man. And this year, I, I, uh, my fiancé and, and I, we, um, my fiancé got me to start picking a theme, a word for the year. And we, uh, we, just, we, we pick one word from the Bible that we want to concentrate on and, and think about throughout the year and just kind of reflect on. Uh, last year, I chose the word simplicity and uh, being content. I chose, I chose a word about contentment and being content in simple things. And, and uh, this year, I, I chose the word Jesus himself because this year, my New Year resolution is to be more like Jesus than I was last year. And I really want that to be my focus this year. I want it to be my goal is to be more like Jesus than I was last year. And that's why I want, and if I had to choose an action word, I would have chosen grace. But Jesus and grace are almost like the exact same thing because Jesus was the personification of grace. Jesus was the manifestation of grace. And, but I'm saying tonight, if we want to be like Jesus, if that's our goal, our New Year's resolution to be like Jesus, we have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves and be obedient to his word. In this crooked and perverse nation, this nation will never get better by us standing still. This nation will never see Jesus, will never um, get their needs met of salvation if we're so focused on our own problems. We ought to be humble people and, and be humbled by what Jesus did for us and keep, in that, keep his, his word and his actions in light. And in our view, that should be our focus. Yet sometimes we let circumstances in life tear us down. And we watch and, and, and we get so focused on everything that's wrong with me. Oh, I, this happened to me. I, I have this happen. And we, sometimes we just forget that there's a need out there. And I think about my friend in college, and, and I'll never forget this example of humility in my life. This friend in college was the most humble, is one of the most humble per- people I've ever known. I, I was sitting in the car with him, and um, we were driving to a job site or something, and, and uh, he's sitting in the passenger seat, and I'm talking to him, and I said to him, you know, Nick, I'm, uh, I'm not doing too well. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty broke. We're both in college, so we're going to be broke all the time. But um, here we are. We're sitting there, and, we're, and I'm like, complaining. I'm, I'm murmuring. I'm disputing. I'm, I'm complaining about my life. I'm complaining about my circumstances. And I, before he even says any words, he pulls out his wallet and he hands out a hundred dollar bill and he gives it to me. He said, I want you to have this. I'm like, Nick, I cannot take that. I absolutely, and he said, no, Preston, don't, don't rob me of a blessing. I want to give this to you. So I, I didn't rob him of a blessing. I took it. But I never forgot that because I thought about that. He's a college student just like me. He has needs just like me. He's not, he's not some rich college student that can just hand out a $100 bill whenever he feels like it. When I asked him why he did that, he said, well, Preston, somebody, 
somebody placed it on my bed randomly one day, and I, I just felt like God wanted me to give it to you. And I was just so humbled by the fact that though he had knees and he, had, he, he could have used those, that $100 for many other things, and I, he definitely was in, he, he was not the richest person either. He was poor, he was broke, he was a college student. He could have used the 100 bucks for himself and, and for his needs and his wants. Yet he put my need and want in front of his. And I, I just thought, I thought about Jesus and how he could have, and he could have done all these things. He could have acted upon his power. He could have made us worship him. He could have done all these amazing things, yet saw my need and put it in front of his. I'll never forget when he gave me that $100 bill, and one day I want to repay him. I can't right now. (laughs) But one day I do plan on repaying him because I never forgot thinking to myself, now that's a servant. That's a humble man. He didn't think about himself. He, he had needs. <laughs> and don't we all have needs tonight? Don't we all have wants tonight? What if, we just, what if we just took a moment and got our needs off our mind and, and put everybody else's needs on our mind? Look not every man on his own things, but also on the things of others. My friend that day was looking upon my need, and he fulfilled it. And I thought, no greater example than Jesus looking at my need and fulfilling it. It's a humbling thought tonight that to be more like Jesus, you've got to die to self. And to be humble and, and to, to serve and to uh, be obedient and to be a light to this world. I want to be more like Jesus. It's going to take some work. It's not easy. But it's worth it. It's a humbling thought tonight that Jesus died humbly and while thinking of others. Jesus was a king who served his creation. And Jesus can use anyone who is faithful. Where would our life be? If, you know, where is our life right now? Could we use a little more humbleness? Could we use a little more service in our life? A little more... Uh, a little more thinking on others' needs than rather than our own. Let's be thoughtful and, and maybe that you were humbled tonight a little bit by God's word and, and how good he's been to you. Uh, I'll, I'll pray and uh, we'll have a verse of invitation. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Lord, I'm so humbled by how good you've been to us, God. God, I want to please you and serve you. And um, God, you've just been so good. And I'm thankful for Jesus and, and him seeing my need, God. I pray that I would see the need of, the need of others, God, and, and try my best to fulfill them. God, help us to be humble people, Lord, Christians who, who humbly do your work through obedience. God, I love you, and I, I pray so in your precious name, Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just take a moment and, and think on our lives and reflect about how we can improve as a, as a Christian and, and the things that we can do to, to be a humble person. Jesus. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus.
this year, I try more to be like Jesus. It was good to be with you all tonight, and I'm humbled to be here. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I love this church, and I love these people, and uh, I've had a great time in the house of God tonight. And uh, let's be more like Jesus this year. Let's let's make a New Year's resolution to every year be a little more like Jesus until one day we meet Him. Uh, I'll close, and uh, it's great seeing you all tonight. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again so much for tonight, God. I pray you dismiss us with your grace now, God, and I uh, thank you for just a wonderful time in your house. And Lord, I pray this all in your precious, beautiful name, Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.